0: Hello and welcome back. Sorry it's taken so long. Uh, This COVID thing is really, you know, (laughs) taking a toll on everybody's time. I think if you are playing homeschool, uh, mom, dad, uncle, brother, sister, cousin, student, you know, whatever, hats off to you. I know this this has been kind of a trying time for all of us, but... Uh so again sorry for the delay in getting back to the uh journey here but uh as you know I love uh I love listener feedback and so I got some listener feedback uh pretty recent recently that I would like to share with you because I think it would help us out a lot um on a side note here we talk about uh you know this whole outbreak and you know what we're going through everybody's remote and working working virtually and all that there are a lot of teams that actually do that Um, anyway, you know, just day to day and you don't get a lot of face time. So I'm hoping that, um, you guys are setting up some more frequent share care time, you know, over a virtual session, be it, you know, Webex, Slack or Zoom or whatever it is that you're using so that you can maintain that thing. The, the, the key focus there is high touch during these times. So today I want to get into a topic that's really targeted to you younger product owners. Now, when I say younger product owners, I don't mean necessarily just limited to those of you who are a new product owner. I'm talking about really age here, okay, because there's generations out there that we look at and we put labels on these generations, like Gen X, that's me, you know, for example. We have, uh, you know the millennials which you know <laughs> you ask somebody their opinion of a millennial and what that means to them you're going to get a wide range of things but i'm going to tell you i've enjoyed working with uh folks who we would consider to be a millennial and put the label on those folks very bright very uh very smart you know uh really enjoyed um working with them and mentoring them and learning from them as well because they got a lot of bright ideas okay now, again, we're talking generally speaking. I'm not talking about everybody because I know some there who weren't so good too, right? And you've probably seen that out of everybody. But in any event, I got a question from a listener. And uh, the idea here, I'll kind of set the scene without giving away this uh, this listener's um, identity or anything. Um this particular new product owner is going to be basically the youngest team member. Okay. All the devs, the manager, the majority of the stakeholders, everybody's going to be older than this new product owner coming into this new role. Um, this product owner feels pretty confident about their skills, uh, feels pretty confident about, uh, leadership, you know? And, uh, but the thing is, is that it's always kind of in the back of your mind, Um, as a new product owner. And some of the things that this particular listener shared with me are some common things that you would find regardless of your age. Um, Things like, you know, you don't want to end up being like a a data entry clerk (laughs) or a punching bag, you know, or a a yes man, right? You want to be able to make sure that you're making the right decisions for the direction of the product. You want to make sure that you're there for the team and you're putting in again that that those high touch um, experiences with the team so some of these things are really um, not limited to your age but i think that the younger audience might be able to really learn from this and of course there are some areas here where i would like for you older guys and gals to maybe pay attention to these topics too so over the next couple of uh, couple of segments here on today's episode We're going to speak to uh, that group, and I'm going to give you some general tips and things that I think are working well, have worked well, not just a new product owner in a role, but also for a young new product owner in a role, particularly when you're working with some of those older dogs. Um, And it's okay, I can call them older dogs because I'm one myself, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, So with that said, let's get to Planet Product Owner. Young man, there's no need to feel down. Young man, pick yourself up off the ground. So that should be a song maybe, I don't know. So look, here's here's what I want to encourage you about if you're new or if you're a young product owner and you're working with a lot of older folks on your team or your teams. The first thing that I, that I would recommend that you do is build an alliance with someone that you trust. You have to uh, you have to find someone that you trust who is in some kind of influential position. Now, let me qualify that a little bit uh, because there are a lot of people who uh, you can find that you that you may trust, you know, within your organization or your line of business or however you're structured and working, but they may not be able to actually help plead the case for you, right? They might not be able to come to your defense. They might not be able to validate your opinions or your thoughts or your priorities, Right. So, here's the direction that I would take. If you are the youngest product owner or the newest member to the team, my recommendation for you is to find someone from two generations ahead of you. (laughs) That's right. Find a baby boomer. You know, and if you can't find a baby boomer, find a Gen Xer. If we're going to use labels, let's just use them because everybody knows what that means. I don't really like labels, but I'll roll with it for today just for the sake of demonstration. The idea, though, is that if you hook up with a baby boomer and you get somebody in there who knows the system, who knows the technology, who knows where the dead bodies are, which is really important. I mean, you got to know where those are. You got to know where the skeletons in the closet are, right? Those are the folks that know. They've been around long enough to know. And it doesn't matter if they haven't been with the organization for a tremendously long time. It matters that they have experience on their side. And look, they're going to teach you in a different way. You're going to learn from them in a little bit of a different way than what you expect. Because if you're new to this role, you've been looking at a lot of different material online, you've been listening to this podcast, you've been researching other folks like Mike Kahn or, um, you know, Roman or any of those guys. But the idea here is that getting um, kind of uh, an alliance built with these older folks, it's not going to be like you just studying a book and reading through it and then going out and taking a taking a test, you know, just to see and test your knowledge. It's not that kind of learning that you're going to have. So you're going to have to adapt your learning style and make sure that you're not getting your feelings hurt or your panties in a wad when you go out there and talk to somebody because chances are some of these guys in the baby boomer type generation and some of those older guys and gals that are in this business, you know, they've been around since punch cards, okay? So if you're 25 years old, you've got to remember they've got – They've got scars from knee surgeries that are twice your age by now, all right? (laughs) So, just keep that in mind. So, along with those kinds of battle scars, they got other battle scars. They know which battles to pick and which to not pick. They're going to teach you lessons. You know, I I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and this is what it kind of comes to mind as. Um, This buddy of mine was telling me, he says he had an old uncle that taught him lessons when he was a kid. He, he was out with his uh, push mower on the front yard, and the push mower was running. And he said, hey, pull this cord, you know. And uh, this cord just kind of backlashed on him and, and, you know, almost took his dang hand off. And so guy said, now, don't ever touch that again. Well, that was his way of, of teaching it, you know. Um, I had a cousin, you know, who rolled out uh, of a truck one time. You know, his dad intentionally left the door cracked for him to, uh, so that when he leaned up against it, because he always told the kid not to push on the door, and he left it, he left it unlatched a little bit. And when he came around a curve, it threw his little butt out on the side of the road. That's the way these guys teach. Okay, so you're going to find yourself in a position where they're going to let you learn by making a mistake. But you have to build an alliance with some of these older folks that are in your uh you know in your organization in your structure somehow so that you can start learning from them i want you to know something about these guys first they enjoy the thrill of the chase and watching you learn they're just not going to tell you that they do okay but remember you know when you're talking about building alliances and you're working with folks like that trying to understand their nature and you're trying to build trust with them There's a benefit on both sides, okay? It's a symbiotic relationship when you build trust and build an alliance with somebody like that in that role, in that position of leadership, or even not in leadership, but someone with that experience level. The benefit is they get to stay sharp because it breaks up the monotony of what they do by working with you, by listening to you, by teaching you lessons, because they've done that all their life, and that's what they want to keep doing, okay? Might not come across that way, but trust me, they're interested in your development. Because if they can develop you, they get to retire a little bit quickly and they can get out of those lines of cobalt that's been haunting them now for 25 or 35 years. Okay, The benefit for you is that you start learning from folks who have been around the block. They've been there. So be open to that. Okay, I don't want you to think young millennial or young gen, whatever the next gen label we put on it. Is it just because you've got a, you know, that just because you're new and you're freshly dressed and you just got out of college and you've learned all of this stuff and you have more college debt than they have in a mortgage, um, that you know everything and they're just old and they do it their way and their ways, their way sucks, you know, and all that stuff. You can't think like that. I mean, you got to be able to wrap your mind around the fact. These folks have been here, done that, got the T-shirt, and probably forgot where they put it, okay? But they know. They know their way around. So that's the first thing that I would encourage you to do is uh, get with those older devs, older managers, older folks in your um, department, line of business, structure, organization, whatever it is, and start building an alliance with them and build your trust with those folks. All right, so we're going to go to the next segment and talk about a little bit more about kind of how we do that, but uh, also with a couple of other tips here to help you along your way in your new journey. I think the second thing that I want to encourage you on is this, new product owner or young product owner, new to the organization, whatever, they hired you for a reason, okay? So they believe in your skill set. They believe in your ability. They think they think something of you because they put you in the spot, Okay. So, I want you to go in knowing that you have that in your back pocket as you go, okay? Now, one thing though that you gotta be really careful of, and this is kinda tip number two here if you're taking notes, do your homework you know, keep your front porch clean. We've talked about keeping your front porch clean. You don't want people telling you your front porch is dirty. And you know what? You don't want it always coming back on you that they're waiting on you or that you didn't give them enough information to make a decision or you didn't ask the right questions or something like that, right? You want to make sure that you're keeping your front porch clean. Um, part of that is the gotcha questions. You know, there are people, believe it or not, out there who will try to set you up, serve up gotcha questions because they're testing you. Now, this is not the same as the previous segment where I was telling you to build that alliance and get some learning and some training under somebody, some tutelage, if you will, from some of these older dogs. Those guys want to see you succeed. They want you to be successful. Those are the positive alliances, okay, that I'm talking about building. You want to be around people who help you succeed, right? What I'm talking about is on the other hand. On the other hand, there are folks out there who are out to prove you wrong. They are out to prove their generation is better than your generation, okay? And or (laughs) my position is better than your position or my experience is greater than your experience. And I know everything about this and you suck because you're an idiot kind of questions. I mean, and we don't want those gotcha questions. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little tip here. The gotcha questions typically come from the folks who are most insecure. Oh, God, Scott, could you just be any more plain language than that? Yeah, sorry, I've been around this for a long time and I've done it for a long time and I'm just, not hold, I'm just not letting my opinions be held back. These opinions are of my own. I have my own opinions and they don't reflect anybody else's business or organization that I represent. It's just mine, okay? But you're going to find that the most insecure people are the ones that feel most threatened by you coming in because you are new. And guess what people who have been around for a long time don't like? They don't like Change. I had somebody tell me a long time ago, they said, what if I told you that uh, you could be in this position in blah, blah, blah time? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Well, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to change some behaviors to be able to get there. Well, now I don't know if I want to really change, you know, but she said you want to be successful, but I don't want to change, but she said you want to be successful. You kind of get where I'm going with this? So the idea here, though, is that that's why it kind of comes back to insecurity. And in the insecurity in some, of those, uh, in some of those folks and what they do, if you change it, they're lost. <laughs> so if they make sure it's not getting changed or make sure it's not going to be done a different way than the way we've always done it, then guess what? They're guaranteed the security of where they are. So that's where that whole tactic comes from, right? So some people are out there to see you not succeed. I want you to be careful with that. The way you avoid these gotcha questions, again, you go back and you look at some of these um, attendees or some of these work session uh, folks that you're maybe in your groups with, and here's what you want to do. You want to get with that main alliance that you're building and just ask and say, hey, so-and-so is in my work session tomorrow, or these people are in my work session. They're in this customer journey mapping session with me, or they're just in this story writing or this elaboration session with me tomorrow. Whatever the case is, here are some of the folks that are in there. Would you mind giving me your thoughts on how to maybe approach that? Because, you know, I've talked about this before. I've talked about learning styles and how it's important for people to understand what your learning styles are. i got four daughters. They all four have different learning styles. They all four have different personalities. They all four have different motivators. They all four have different love languages. I mean, all of this stuff really means something when you're breaking down and thinking about communication, right? Um, So the idea for me is... I don't know this new person's learning style who's going to be in this room or in this work session with me coming up soon, but somebody does. And I should be willing to go out and ask them and say, hey, have you worked with John Doe before? If so, how do you think it's best to approach him? How do you think they learn the best? How, what, is my, what kind of issues do you think I'm going to come across when I meet with this person? You know, and a lot of times you're going to get some pretty good feedback there. Now, sometimes just to prove a point and to make you learn a little bit faster, they're pro- they may just say, hey, sink or swim, pal, it's up to you. But you have to listen very carefully to what your brand new alliances that you're working with, those older guys that I'm talking about. You have to be very careful to dissect what they say. It's really important. Um, if they say be careful not to and then fill in the blank, they're telling you something without telling you something directly. Okay. So listen out for those cues. All right. Uh, Those gotcha questions, they can a lot of times be avoided if you're doing your homework. So now you kind of know who you're dealing with if you are fortunate enough to build that alliance and get going. But now you've got to watch out for the what, right? What kinds of questions are they going to ask you? Okay. That's where your plan comes into play. Now, I'm not a huge fan of setting uh, specific bulleted uh, numbered list agenda items in A lot of work sessions. I'm really not. I kind of have a framework around the design session that says, these are the goals that we want to have. I'm not queuing up this person, that person, and that person to speak on this behalf or to speak to this subject or to talk about this thing or to present this metric or whatever. It's really more around goals and objectives, the outcomes that I'm trying to drive to. So while you're doing that, you want to make sure that you're putting uh, the burden on the group, not just yourself. It's not on you to own the whole world. It's not up to you to make every decision, new product owner. It's not up to you to lead the charge and to make all the decisions on your own, which is going to get me to my last topic in the next segment. But before I go there, you have to, re- you have to realize that just like you're a part of the team, part of, part of becoming agile, part of learning to work better is based on that transparency and that collaboration. You have to foster that. So it can't be your idea all the time. And it can't be your way all the time. I've talked about that in a previous episode as well. So you have to get the attention and you have to get the collaboration from inside, right? From all these other parties. So make sure that you're doing that. Don't put yourself on the spot. You know, don't put yourself in a position to be put on the spot by painting yourself into a corner with things like, I think we should or first, I think we should, or even worse, well, I, the way that I see it is let's do this, let's do that, and let's do the other in this order. And certainly don't put a time date, uh, a time date stamp on the <laughs> delivery date of that in that group, because those gotcha questions are going to come when you say that. You have to make sure that you are facilitating, that you're encouraging, that you're fostering the collaboration. So your questions are, less, uh, are more open and less closed. What are the thoughts that you have today on, fill in the blank, the topic, and then let them respond. Well, you say that that's an important thing for us to do. So let me ask, why, what has kept us from doing this in the past? Hmm, that's an interesting question, right? So instead of giving them the opportunity to ask you gotcha questions based on you opening your mouth first (laughs) and just telling them how it's going to be? Ask them. Ask them the questions first and let them tell you why we're here, what we need to move forward. That's the thing. you got to be able to figure out what it's going to take to move you forward because anybody can have an idea and anybody can prioritize that But if you can't get the obstacles and identify the gaps and the reasons why you haven't been able to do it already before you got there, you're probably going to have a hard time implementing it anyway, okay? So be sure that you're doing your homework and be sure that you are looking out for those gotcha questions. And the best way to do that is to ask your open-ended questions to the group first instead of putting out the demands and telling them, just kind of the way it's gonna be, all right? Uh, I know that's gonna be hard for some of you, I get it, but trust me when I tell you, you'll thank me later. I find it interesting, I just wanna throw this out there, that I have more collaboration uh, with folks outside of the United States than I do with those who are inside the United States. It's really intriguing <laughs> um, that this um, that this old country boy here <laughs> you know from Alabama, um, gets to communicate with folks in europe australia new zealand um, some parts of asia uh the middle east even uh, it's really intriguing to me South america, central america um of course i do I have made some good contacts and good connections here in the states, obviously I mean, I have some regular listeners here who will email me. just want to make sure that you're you're kind of getting where i 'm going with this and that you know, if you do email me at scott at plantproductowner.org, I'm really eager to read that and to respond, but uh, it comes and goes in spurts. You know, I'll get 10 emails in a week, and then I won't hear anything from anybody for a couple of weeks, and then I get 15 emails all at one time. And so I try my best to get back with you. Uh, I really appreciate the feedback and appreciate what you're uh, You know what you're doing because it motivates me to add more episodes now. So uh, enough of that. Let's get on to the third and final point that I want to make, I think, uh, about how we defend ourselves being the new product owner or the young product owner with the older folks in mind. Um, we talked about building an alliance with somebody that you trust and hopefully that's with an older generation, maybe even two generations ahead of you. I think it's really important, um, to learn from them and understand their learning style is a little bit different and their teaching style is a little bit different than yours too. Um, the next is to do your homework and to make sure that you're protecting against those gotcha questions. Don't open your mouth and prove to everybody that you're an idiot sorry, I said that out loud. Um, Just wait, you know, wait for it. Ask them open-ended questions. So finally, let's get to this one. And this is important to me, and I don't think this is just, uh, you know, this is whether you're new, whether you're old, whether you're seasoned, whether you're on the journey, whether you're midway, it doesn't matter. This one I think is important for all of us to understand. You ready? All right. Don't agree or don't demand without consensus. I think it's really vital for you. You have to understand. Guys, look, I've worked with several folks in younger generations to mentor them, to coach them, to teach them, uh, help them along, you know, in their journey. And listen, I'm in your head a little bit. I know you already get it. I know you already know what you, uh, what direction we got to go. I know you know the problem to solve and how to solve it. But one part of that is I think you have to recognize yourself if you're a younger product owner. You have to recognize that and concede the fact, okay, that sometimes you may not be seeing the full end of the outcome. Sometimes you may not see the full range of objections, the full range of obstacles in order to get to the end game. And the end game is sometimes not even something that you have fully thought through yet. Okay. Just trust me when I'm telling you that. I know you're going to, I'm going to get some hate mail over that. But look, think of your journey growing up. All right. Same deal right? I told you some of these baby boomers that are working in your COBOL or in your mainframe applications over there have knee surgery scars that are older than you. They've been there and done that, right? So I want you to make sure that you're willing to take in other people's opinions. You have to be able to do that. You have to sacrifice yourself for the good of the total outcome, for the good of the people, right? Don't agree to things, don't demand things without getting a consensus first. You have to be able to solicit the feedback, but you also have to check and consider uh, feedback sources that are non-solicited. You know, you might be able to go out there and do some other research on your own. It kind of ties back to the previous segment in a way. But the idea is that there are people who have been there and done that for you before, right? There are people who have been there and seen it. There are people who have ideas that are different than yours. You need to respect that. You need to make sure that you also understand that uh, they've paid their dues. You know, these older folks, they've paid their dues. And you need to listen and learn from them. But that doesn't mean that you compromise your goals and what you have to do just to satisfy maybe what could be perceived as their own agenda or their own outcome, okay? What I'm talking about uh, with uh, not agreeing until you have a uh, consensus there is uh, what I'm trying to do is teach you to, to not be taken advantage of. All right. That's, that's one reason you don't want to do it. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to just lay something down and say, this is what we're going to do without getting that consensus, because you're going to be taken advantage of if you do it that way. And you're going to be taken advantage of if they tell you and prescribe to you exactly what you're going to do. Okay. You can't do that. You have to have a consensus of more than one or two collaborators in there, I think, when you're first starting out until you start building trust with them and they start building trust with you. That's important. We've talked about that before. Trust is fundamental in these open agile type environments, okay? So I'm trying to help you out here. You're going to be taken to the cleaners if you don't have somebody else in that room with you. All right. They're they're just going to totally wipe you out if you don't have somebody else in the room to back you up. Who better than to do that than your trusty alliance that you're building that trust with who happens to have been there for a little while and everybody knows them and respects them, right? Um if not, you got to have somebody else in there who can kind of take your side or take both sides, it doesn't matter. Main thing is when you're new to this game and you're new to this role and you're new to this organization, You don't want any one-on-one time when it comes to making decisions. Now, when you're giving updates, that's one thing. You can give updates one-on-one all you want to. Just know that those folks are going to ask you questions too, and you got to do your homework. And when you're giving updates, look at the updates line by line and say to yourself, what will they have a problem with if I share this information with them? Or what will they object to if I share this information with them? Does that make sense? I hope I'm making sense to you. The other thing about um, not agreeing to things until you have a consensus, I think it's really important. The spirit of agile provides that we are in a highly collaborative uh, work environment, right? So if you're not doing that, then you're probably not really following the rules. (laughs) You kind of play in Monopoly and saying, if I land on free parking, you get all the money, right? That's a house rule, and that's cool. House rules are fine, but now what you've done is you've taken that, and you've gone to a whole other level, and you ain't even charging money anymore. If you're not following the transparency and the trust and uh, aligning those core values, and we've talked about that before, if you're not basing that on collaboration, and you're not basing that on building trust then and transparency, then you're just not playing the game at all, okay? So just keep that in mind. Let's land this plane, <laughs> or get off of this crazy planet or whatever we say these days, look, you're you're going to be taken advantage of, all right? They're going to try that. They're going to do it. They may do it. But look, you're going to learn fast, okay? Remember this, though. If you don't remember anything else about what we talked about today, pick your battles. Uh, being a dad of four girls has taught me pick your battles. Remember, you're going to win some, You're going to draw some and you're going to lose some. And you need to lose some on purpose, okay? Because you're going to get a lot more respect a lot faster by losing some on purpose and then proving your hypothesis was really the victory there than you will by winning all the time by being demanding and uh, really kind of shouting the loudest, okay? Remember that somebody else hired you But they didn't just hire you in this position. They didn't just select you in the position. They hired you over someone else. They put you in this role because you were the best one that they had available at the time. Now, I know that a lot of times you roll into a position kind of by default, you know, and that's cool. But somebody had to roll into that position by default, and guess who was lucky enough to do it? You. So you're going to be the product owner. You are the product owner now, all right? So that means that you're going to have to study your materials and uh, get kind of the science in here, but you're also going to have to really focus on developing your art. And if you're a new product owner, and if you're new to the business, or if you're a young product owner, particularly if you're a young product owner, new to the business as well, it kind of puts you at a little bit of a disadvantage, right? I mean, that's probably obvious, okay? But here's the thing, you're resourceful, you're smart, you're clever, okay, You got to use the tools that are available. Part of that is just like we covered today: building alliances with folks who are much more uh, seasoned than you, more mature, more experienced, whatever you want to call it. Okay, you got to do that. You got to keep your front porch clean by doing your homework. Okay, and you got to make sure that you're fostering collaboration. Because the more you foster collaboration, it's not just that you get a consensus on the decision. It's not just that you're not making decisions in a silo. And it's not just that you're defending yourself from being taken advantage of and letting somebody dictate that down to you. What you're doing is you're getting the opportunity to learn about more perspectives, more communication styles, more learning styles, and more agendas, you know. So I think that's really good to uh, good to remember. Um, They probably have a lot more faith in you than what you give yourself credit for, okay? It's okay. Uh, It's okay to have the feelings you're validated totally and having the feelings that you might not be the best fit or that you're inept or that you're not as experienced as the other folks. All that stuff's cool. I get it. But I do want you to remember, it's a journey and you're on it. So I hope this was helpful today. Uh, I really hope everybody's being safe. Um, As we maybe get back to work, get back to... A different kind of normal now. So I'm just really wishing all your families and all your friends and everybody, uh, the best and the best outcome out of this whole thing that we're going through right now as a world, you know, as a big, big, big community. <laughs> all right. So thanks a lot uh, for joining again today. Have a safe, fun and lean journey, my friends. <laughs>